0: wants it to first, the,
1: the Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended after a half century, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And
2: Lightning has struck
1: twice, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back back Stanley Cup champions.
3: We are back, episode 122. Of four future considerations, hopefully one of your top five favorite podcasts. Thank you for coming along for the ride. <laughs> it's our second episode of the week, but it's episode one
0: twenty-two already. One hundred and twenty-two episodes, Matt. That's right, the Zamir White episode of Ooh. Future Considerations. Zamir oh, White, this one. I know this one. I the this 122nd one hundred and twenty-second overall pick. By General Manager Kiefer and the Las Vegas Raiders,
3: he might be the
0: uh, he might be the new running back. Strange. He was the only guy I think that he was the only guy that got picked from Georgia, wasn't he? (laughs) (laughs) On offense, maybe.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I think he might be the stud running back for the Raiders in two seasons. But that's a great pull for episode 122. That's a great pull. And speaking of great pulls, the guest this (laughs) week. John (laughs) Rashad.
0: Thanks for coming
3: on, John. Great to see you again. John, you're a great pull too, right, John? How you doing, John? How's it doing up there in Markdale?
1: I'm fine. The Owen Sound attack being eliminated on Wednesday night, and I'm going through the stages of grief, and I think I'm almost to acceptance. So, And then for you, Manny, the Windsor Spitfires, moving on to round two to face the Kitchener Rangers. We're not going to talk about that today, though. We're going to save that for our next episode. So let's get to the matter at hand.
3: We are going to talk about the Kentucky Derby in a moment, and Matt is oh so excited about that. Before Matt loses his mind, though, <laughs> We just want to say we appreciate the feedback from our first podcast of the week and all the other people reaching out. We've been invited for a second time to go up to Owen Sound in Georgian Bay and record a live podcast. DJ Todd, we're going to take you up on that offer. problem. What's his setup?
0: What are the acoustics like?
3: It's an outdoor heaven. He's got like
0: a... Uh, a nice bar
3: outside. He's got the big TV. Yeah,
0: All right. Yeah, got, Are we going to be got... able to hear the cicadas in the broadcast like we're in your backyard? <laughs> <laughs> or is I there going to be a friggin' moose that comes walking in? We can
3: request it. It is George and Bay on Owen Sound. You never know what comes out of the corner.
0: <laughs> it's the Black Fly episode of For Future Considerations.
3: Hey, it'll be John Rashad showing up. Hey, what's going on, fellas?
0: Yeah. Right, John? He <laughs> wouldn't even make it. he <laughs> he'd still he'd still be in markdale in the compound he doesn't know the combination to get out that's the problem jill will not give it to him right it's like the hunger games jill opens and closes the door for him when he's got to go do groceries and come back and that's it there's no escape there's a there's a boat the whole thing
3: John, you've been inundated with everyone's NHL picks. Isn't it great?
1: Yeah, we talked about that on Wednesday's show, and I've been getting notifications ever since.
0: Yeah, so if you missed that podcast, go back and listen to episode 121. It'll be easy to find. It was literally the last one. Uh, and send your picks to us as well. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. You can post it there, share your stories, and and we'll be able to compare uh, picks as we go along. Here, Rashad loves the
3: emails. He loves reading all those emails. Now, since this is our second episode of the week, one we like to call the OT, we usually have a special guest on the show, and we've been excited to have this guy on the. ...agenda for quite a while, and he's here with us today to talk about the Kentucky Derby.
0: This guy is the content manager at RacingDudes.com. He's also the co-host of the Magic Mike Show. He's a good Michigan boy, and now he's found himself out west. We connected about this time last year uh, over our favorite day of the calendar, which is the Kentucky Derby, coming up on Saturday. Since then, Curtis and I have pretty much become best friends... We're also diehard believers in the Iser Plan, and we recently reignited his love for Def Leppard. (laughs) (laughs) Please, welcome to the show, Curtis Magic Kelleward. Curtis, how are you?
2: Bam. Well, you know, that is a wonderful uh, uh, intro. Thank you very much for that. Happy to be on. I will say I'm a little disappointed. Uh, You had my boss on last year, Aaron Halterman, and he had seven different titles and... None of them were real. You just gave my real one out. I was expecting this big. I was going to sit back for about another ten seconds. He's going to tell me I'm the this and the that and the all these great things. No, I'm just it's boring old I me. Mean, no, I'm just I'm happy to be on with you guys. It's be a true. lot of fun.
0: We made we made Aaron the director of horsing or something, didn't we?
2: Last That's exactly year? it. That's yeah, funny. Curtis, you'll have four more
3: titles before this interview is over. How's that?
2: That works. I'll take it. I'll have to earn them. That's what we'll have to do here. We'll 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 come up Burn with them hard. as we go through the show here there he
0: so you got anything going on this week uh, magic or what
2: uh well you know there's a quiet week you know i had my son's birthday yesterday i've turned one which was pretty pretty uh, spectacular so thank yeah. you thank you yeah, well, yeah, yeah. just, uh, just t- taking it easy the day after you know that those first birthday parties there are a lot of work a lot of stress you have to really the next day uh not have to work which is exactly what i did it's been about a 12-hour day so far Uh, No, not 12 hours. The math is off. 10 hours a day for me so far. But uh, uh, going strong. We love the Kentucky Derby. This is basically uh, horse racing has two Super Bowls, right? The Kentucky Derby is the bigger of the two. And then we have the World Championships kind of at the end of the year. But really everything for six months when the World Championships end, we immediately stop and go, Okay, Derby is in six months. Who's going to win it? So that's what we've been doing every day since the beginning of November. (laughs) <laughs> that
0: sounds about right. Did you get to do like a cake smash thing or anything like that, or how did you guys play out that first birthday party?
2: Oh, I thought you meant the Kentucky Derby. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we we did do the we did do the cake smash. It's a different kind of smash when you're drinking bourbon in, in Louisville. But um, yeah, no, we did the, did the cake smash, and uh, apparently my son is just like me at that age, where the second he gets something on his hands, he immediately wants them wiped off, and so I have a beautiful Mickey Mouse T-shirt that is just covered in blue icing now.
3: so you had to wipe his hands about 10 times is that what you're saying
2: Uh, he decided to do that i didn't really have much of a choice in the matter
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's great so if i understand this correctly from your best friend matt that you're originally from kalamazoo
2: yep that's correct yeah kalamazoo michigan born and raised uh uh didn't spend a lot of time on the playgrounds i grew up actually in the wilderness a little bit out in the woods um kind of outside of kalamazoo but Uh, Yeah, uh, I grew up in Kalamazoo, went to Grand Valley State University in Grand Rapids, and through a series of... I met a friend there who knew somebody in California, and at the same time, uh, the girl I was dating decided to move to California to pursue a career in uh, Hollywood, so as a writer. So I kind of had to decide, well, do I, what do I want to do here? I was at a crossroads with my career and decided to just take a chance. And I actually got a job in minor league baseball in, uh, out in Lancaster, California for a couple of years. And, and through there met people who liked horse racing. They took me to Vegas, got me betting the ponies for the first time. And anybody who bets on the ponies for the first time and wins the first time your life is over at that point, because you're hooked, <laughs> you're, you're officially hooked. You, you, you get a taste for that action. you just want more and you want more. I'm lucky enough, you know. Seven years later, I made it into a career, so here I am.
1: Yeah, we had a guy who um, sport did some sports betting just with the uh, the Ontario Lottery up here, the uh, the government lottery, mm-hmm. and he won his first night out. We were like, "Oh, he's done. He's in for life now."
0: He was sleeping yeah. on John's uh, couch for a couple of weeks after because uh, he wasn't going to be able to make the rent thanks to the St. Louis Blues. But <laughs> and then he had to move up to Alaska, didn't he? <laughs> Where is he now? Northwest Territories. He's yeah. in the Yukon. Yeah, he's mining <laughs> for gold. Don't, he don't make even have money TV up it. there. <laughs> he still thinks it's 1997.
3: <laughs> oh man. I know we're going to talk some hockey because you're from Michigan, obviously, but let's talk horse racing. Uh, So let's get back into that. How did you get into this love of the sport?
2: So I I loved animals growing up and uh, I had ridden horses uh, growing up a little bit. Uh, I just knew that horses ran in circles, though, and you could bet money on them. I knew that the Kentucky Derby existed. And like I said, I just I went to Vegas with a friend and he had another friend that was at the Rio and. He explained how to read a, a handicapping form, which if you've ever opened the past performances, you guys, yeah, you're not in your head. So, you know, if you don't have somebody explaining it, you're just like trying to read Greek. You're like, I have no idea what any of this means here. So, I had someone that, that taught me, you know, what to look for and how to bet on. And again, you get that 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 action and you want to get more of it. It's like every two minutes, there's a race going off somewhere around the country that you can bet on. You lose that one, forget about it. Two minutes later, you've got, you know, $10 to win on this horse over here. So, um it's, it's it's nice for you know when you're mad about something as a gambler you're like well okay you can forget about it but I just found people who uh, liked horse racing that were you know I'm 30 about to be 34 here and, and people who were my age who were interested in horse racing and answered questions and they were big on social media and, and that was a big thing that attracted me and got in with these guys the racing dudes uh, who I work for racing and they uh, answered a lot of questions a lot of dumb questions that I had and just through the course of getting to know them, I, uh, after a while, I felt comfortable enough to reach out to them and say, hey, you guys are experts when it comes to gambling and picking horses. I am great at writing coherent sentences in an article. How about <laughs> we do a trade-off? You give me a press pass so I don't have to keep paying a ticket to go into the, pre- into, to go into the racetrack. You know, get me in there for free. I'll, do, I'll, I'll touch up your articles. I'll zhuzh it up a little bit for you, make you sound a little more uh, a little more intelligent. So I uh, ended up doing that. And then, yeah, we're about two years later here. I am uh, now, or three years later, I should say, uh, I'm the content manager. And now everything is on YouTube for us. And it's blowing up. And we're going crazy over there. So, uh, yeah, it, it, things have changed. Things are changing rapidly, but they're changing in, uh, for good. And got to love where the sport's headed for, for us.
0: The CEO of Zhejiang. Is that (laughs) there? We go. Is that what we can go off of now? There's the first one. (laughs) There's the first one. (laughs) Explain to me, Curtis, when does the science of horse racing come into you? Because we can go out. And you can see, oh, this one's the favorite. He's mm-hmm. three to one. I'm going to put money on him. But where does, when, do you, when did you start getting interested in the actual science and, and the numbers and, and taking it seriously as opposed to just throwing $5 on the, the <laughs> one because you like the color of the jockey's uh, shirt?
2: Uh, you know, when I realized how quickly compared to betting other sports that you could get a return on your investment. That's what I was talking about with every, you know, a race lasts between a minute and 10 seconds and two minutes and 10 seconds. So, you know very quickly whether your money is going to come back to you or not. Um, Another thing that's nice compared to betting football, which is how, you know, a lot of us, I'm sure, bet football legally always. And uh, betting on the football, it's like, well, okay, you can place your bets on Thursday and I've got to wait till Monday night to find out if I won this. Like, I don't, there's a long delay. You're holding on to my money there. Horse racing, you go up, you put the money and they break from the gate and two minutes later, it's in your hands. So... That was a big thing that kind of attracted me into wanting to to study it more because I could I could at the time I was doing football betting and doing all right with it but horse racing it's a lot more than basically the minus one ten right you're not giving one ten to the house you're getting five to one six to one twenty to one forty to one like your odds can just blow up so based off of that you only have to really be right once or twice on a day and you're gonna have your day made so the you have to accept that your win rate is gonna be really low. But your profitability is high. It's kind of like being a Red Wings fan, right? Like right now, you have to accept your win rate's pretty low. But if you think big picture, what is potential? What is out there in a couple of years? That's that's kind of what you have to do with horse racing. The Iser plan, baby. You oh betcha. my god,
3: this is getting this is going to get old really quick on this freaking show.
0: <laughs> Jesus, should we, should we make this uh, something that Manny's going to pay attention to? Curtis, what's your favorite uh, professional soccer club? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh gosh, uh, I'm gonna say Team Canada because I—that's the only team I know is uh, around. Thanks to you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm—I'm I'm like Matt. I hear soccer and just—you <laughs> can make good out. money off
3: soccer too. Let me tell you.
2: <laughs> listen, we say it with like the big tracks and the small tracks in horse racing. It's like you know, five to one pays the same whether it's Churchill Downs or or Will Rogers Downs in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. So it's yeah, you know. The money pays, money talks. It was all right.
1: And speaking of your chill downs, um, what is it about the Kentucky Derby that makes it one of the biggest events of the year for you and, and on the racing calendar? As opposed to the other two legs of the Triple Crown or any of the other big races?
2: So, the, the, I mean, because it's the first one, that's the first leg of the Triple Crown. That's a big reason why it's such a big deal. It's, it's the one that kickstarts things that you, you can't win the next two legs of the Triple Crown if you haven't succeeded through here. Uh, it's been the richest race for a long time for three-year-old horses. Um, right now, the purse is $3 million there are other races around the world that have since caught up or exceeded it, but, um, it's just this race that has been around for 150 years, almost, I think 1875 was the first year they had it. And it's just a a matter of, of people, you know, paying attention to it for so long. And and horse racing has been so ingrained in American culture, uh, from, you know, the start of, of the American revolution almost. So, uh, you're at a point now where, 150 years later, it's just there's so much history. It's kind of like baseball. You know, there's just so much lore that goes into it. You grow up and you're being told how great this thing is. It just becomes part of a part of your culture, and it's the buildup to it. It's you have to, to to get into it. You have to qualify. You can't just spend money and say, hey, we're going to go to the Kentucky Derby. Like you have to prove yourself along the way. There are trials and tribulations and steps that you have to go through. And it really is meant to narrow down the best 23 year olds in the country. Now, horses are fragile and they're like any athlete. They'll get sick. They'll get injured at a moment's notice. So you don't really have the best 20 in the world, but you have a very good glimpse of who those horses are going to be. And, you know, the, they've just become instant legends right? It's like when you have a, it used to be when boxing was big, right? You you know, you have a heavyweight champion of the world. Everybody knew who that was. Everybody used to know who the Kentucky Derby winner was. Horse racing has been passed over in America by other sports. I'm sure elsewhere too, but uh, within horse racing, that's why the Derby is such a big deal every year for us.
0: And there's always some good storylines with the Derby leading up to it. You know, they announced the field and, and all post positions and all that. What stood out for you uh, with, with some of the names and, and some of the spots that they're in this time?
2: Well, so I'll tell you, uh, you guys being a hockey podcast, you're gonna love this. There's a horse named Messier, and I'm sure you're gonna t- want to ask me about him. So let's jump in. First of all, name Messier's favorite horse. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> uh, well. It, it, yeah, maybe. <laughs> he, he, John will like him now, but if he goes to the Belmont in New York, I think that's when John's like, nope, no longer a Messier fan. You know, he's gonna draw the line there. Uh, listen, Messier is an Ontario bred horse, so that's where you get the, the name from, uh, the owner's. Uh, uh, they love to name their good horses, their really good horses, after figures like that. They had a horse last year that they paid a, a million dollars for named Spielberg. Uh, they named after Spielberg. It didn't actually turn out to be that good, uh, kind of like half of Spielberg's <laughs> movies. But uh, well, at least with Messi, you've got a horse that... Um, has shown that he can win. He's he's proven going two turns and he got a really nice draw. He drew post six. And the reason that's important is because when you have 20 horses, all breaking in a straight line and all 20 horses have been trained that when they break from the gate, go to the rail to the left, what do you think happens with those 20 horses when they all break <laughs> from gate? They all want to go to the left. And so when you're a horse like Messier, who has, he, this is a horse that has early speed. He has the ability to get out in front. So when everybody starts kind of dominoing over into each other, the horses that are fast enough early and get cleanly out of the gate, those are the ones that usually win the Kentucky Derby now. Messier has that chance. Messier's got a bit of a price here. He's 8-1 to one on the morning line. I think you're going to get close to double digits on him. So uh, Messier, it, uh, you know, that's a horse that uh, I wanted to lead right off with because draw-wise, when I saw that he got post-6, I was like, I'm bringing that up on the show. This is going to be a great one to talk about.
0: Ooh, <laughs> <one>. 10-1. Whoa.
3: <laughs> so that line's going to move a lot. Between now and race time, isn't it?
2: It will. uh, there are a lot of odds. So there's two horses that came out, Zandon and Epicenter, with very short odds. Uh, Zandon is 3-1, to one, um, Epicenter is 7-2. Two. Those two horses are expected to take a lot of money. The rest of the horses underneath, it's kind of a, a, a jumble of what's going to happen. And there are horses that are better priced than Messier um, who we think are going to take more money. And when they told us what some of those prices were going to be, we couldn't believe it. But um, one last note, uh, just for my new best friend, Messier, uh, guess who his jockey is going to be this year? John, John Velasquez. You got it. Exactly. <laughs> yes,
3: that's my horse. I thought you were going to say Wayne Gretzky. I, <laughs> I do
2: not you know. I don't know if Wayne is uh, still down to his playing weight. He might have to uh, go to the sweat box a little bit before. <laughs> before. But so, so on that point, um, Matt, John Velasquez has ridden the Kentucky Derby winner the last two years. He was on Authentic. He was on uh, Medina Spirit. Both of those horses were trained by someone I know you absolutely love, Bob Baffert. Um, I don't know if you'd like to talk about Bob Baffert now and uh, that elephant in the room. Oh, I do.
3: I do. (laughs) Just to rub it in Matt's face a little bit. I do. (laughs) Like, should should we start a drinking game Saturday so every time his name is mentioned, somebody's got to take a shot? And what are the chances we'll be under the table before the race begins?
2: Uh, 100% (laughs) under the table. Um, uh, Alive, I would say 50 to (laughs) 1 at that point. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to dominate. He's been dominating the headlines since – What, since the last May, pretty much. So basically, if you don't know, real quick, uh, Bob Baffert had Medina Spirit win the Kentucky Derby last year. Medina Spirit afterwards failed the post-race drug test. Um, Baffert went through a litany of excuses for why. My favorite was that he blamed cancel culture for why his horse uh, (laughs) tested tested positive. That is a true story. Um, Said it, I think, on CNN or Dan Patrick's show, one of the two. And he uh, basically, uh, he spent almost a year trying to say that the horse was fine and that the horse wasn't treated and um the horse ends up dying later on that year on the track uh which was not great in the training and we're like well probably maybe it drugged up maybe a little bit don't know for sure Kinda but it was him. enough yeah. could have killed him could have go we don't know we don't know no i'm just saying it's just conjecture not saying he did and uh uh the state of Kentucky decided that that was enough to ban him for two year or i'm sorry Churchill Downs said it was two year ban from the Kentucky Derby so all of the horses that he had, including Messier, had to go to a different trainer. So you'll see a different trainer's name there, Tim Yakteen. Uh, the people who are on the inside know that's pretty much just Bob Baffert. Like it's a different name. Um, but the difference here is you are now getting a uh, you're getting a nice price on a Bob Baffert horse. If that says Bob Baffert, there's no way that Messier is 8-1, to that Taba is 12-1 to in the spot.
0: So for for like I don't like Bob Baffert, and I don't know if that's the first time I've ever said this on the show. Shocker. I, <laughs> I it's a think shocker I knew that. right there. For for <laughs> someone like you, Curtis, that makes a living in the horse industry, what does Bob Baffert represent to you in the sport? And is there a comparison to like the pure evil of this person and what he's done to this this beautiful game?
2: Wow. Um <laughs> You're just you're just trying to get your best friend all sorts of lawsuits. Uh, listen, I, I will tell you that um, objectively, Bob Baffert is right now the most polarizing figure, bar none, in the sport. There are uh, several of us who, di- several people who dislike him, uh, do, who do want to see him removed from the sport permanently. There are others who think that um, they either believe him that all of his excuses for why things keep happening to only him and and no other trainer, or People who just don't care. Kind of like the baseball thing with steroids. Some people just said, I don't care. Give them all steroids. Send them all, you know, baseballs to the moon. So, you have people like that. But I will say personally, can't stand the man. Would love to see him gone from the sport forever. Um, I have felt this way for a little while. Um, he, he had a horse in 2018 named Justify who won the Triple Crown. Um, and it turned out later that Bob Baffert, uh, there was, sorry, that Justify had failed a drug test leading up to the San Diego Derby. That race he won put him in the Kentucky Derby. Remember I told you, you have to qualify for the Derby to get in. If they had, if the failed drug test had been followed, uh, the procedure had been followed correctly, they wouldn't have allowed him. They would have disqualified him from the San Diego Derby. He has no points and therefore does not go to the Kentucky Derby. Doesn't win the triple crown. And Bob Baffert doesn't have two triple crown winners on his name. So since then I have not been a Bob Baffert supporter. And that was May of 2018. So um, that is where it stands for me. I will say from a business perspective, Bob Baffert is very good for business. Um, I mentioned all of our stuff. We're doing a lot of YouTube work now. Uh, YouTube monetization on the Bob Baffert videos. It's uh, it's almost like uh, selling your soul a little bit. But I will say that the money is there. Doesn't matter what we talk about, as long as we're talking about him. So he he definitely draws eyes to the sport, not always for a good reason. Um, but that's that, yeah. that's I'm where I'm glad you bring that up,
3: Curtis, because that that's where I want to go actually. Because you know I'm not into the sport as much as Matt is, obviously. Or uh, John because he loves the horse Messier but um, (laughs) the the fact that um, Bob Baffert in my opinion got a light suspension is this just because he makes money for the sport and people just like money and want him to hang around
2: that's a theory it's not it's not a theory I can say at least is is completely untrue The thing about Baffert is, is, and with all of these suspensions, is that there's so much um, speculation. There's so much, so much that we really don't know. And, and we you know, we get blamed for, the, as the racing dudes, as being in the media, we get blamed for not, well, if he's cheating, why aren't you showing? Well, if we knew, if we knew this was happening, we would try and tell you. Um, as far as, I mean, you took him, I uh, gave him a two-year ban from the race that he has won uh, as many times as any other trainer in history. It's the most prestigious race in our sport. So, you know, he kept trying to to ask for huge suspension or huge fines. He didn't want to be suspended. He said, find me all you want. And it's because he has owners with extremely deep pockets who would just pay those fines for him. Or, hey, he gets 10% of the purse when he wins a race. So, you win a uh, – or, or of the earnings. So, if you win a million-dollar race, you get $600,000 as the owner. 10% of that goes to the trainer – Bob Baffert has done that an awful lot in his career, so it adds up quickly. So if you say, hey, that's a $2 million fine, he goes, okay, who do I make the checkout to? Like, it's not a big deal to him. You take away his livelihood for two years, the thing he bases his whole reputation on. I mean, th- by the way, this guy's ego could not fit within the state of Texas. Like, you take away <laughs> the guy's notoriety, that hurts more than any stab to his bank account could possibly do.
0: Yeah, but you mentioned it, and that's like people want to hear about it, good or bad, and, and that's where that's where the ratings come from. It's like when we talk about John without his shirt on. You wouldn't believe <laughs> the numbers. Just, it goes through the roof, Curtis. Seriously, <laughs> and the amount of pictures that come in, like
3: enough already. He's married. Like, enough. We don't need to see these.
1: They don't want to see it, but they can't look away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Curtis Kelleward is our chest here from Racing Dudes. By the way, you got to check out the Racing Dudes website. The content on it is unbelievable. and glad that we have Curtis here, who's now been uh, um, promoted to Buzz Ambassador and Copy Cruncher and CEO of Juju, Juju. Or, yeah, <laughs> CEO uh, of since Juju. he's been on the show here. So not only is the website great, Curtis's stock is climbing <laughs> since he's been on this podcast.
2: By now, I'm hot, hot, hot.
3: what horse you talked about Zandon. you talked about messier you talked about epicenter what horse is no one talking about that could turn some heads
2: um well Zandon's getting a ton of steam and epicenter is a second choice so i think those two are are definitely not ones that you bring up um that that nobody's talking about that i think has a really good chance really if it's not messier we'll go away from messier because i think that's a we, d- we talked about him enough. I'll talk about a horse named uh, Charge It. He comes from a trainer named Todd Pletcher, who's won the Derby a few times. Um, this is a horse that uh, he didn't debut until January of his three-year-old year. And that's a key fe- uh, key thing because uh, since... 1890 uh, something only one horse has won the kentucky derby without racing any time at age two which is when horses start uh, and that was justify and i just talked to you about justify winning the derby so uh, Charge is going to try and break history again by by winning the kentucky derby i don't think that he wins the kentucky derby with a strong chance but i think he has a strong chance to hit the board and this is a horse that is 20 to 1 so If you play an exacta or a trifecta where you're trying to guess the horses who finish in the top two or the top three positions, this is a horse that I think has a lot of upside. His breeding uh, is meant to go a long distance. None of these horses have gone a mile and a quarter before. A lot of them are limited. They're best at going a mile, a mile and an eighth, a mile and a sixteenth. And it doesn't sound like a long distance to us humans, but these horses are going 40, 45 miles an hour. At top speed, uh, they're kind of like cheaters in the sense that they don't have. It's not like they've got an hour of forty-five miles an hour in them. It's very limited. So when they use it up, it's it. You know, if it's they can only go a mile. Sorry, uh, this charge. is a horse that's definitely made to go two turns. He has the trainer in Todd Pletcher, who has uh, uh, won this a couple of times. His jockey Luis Saez was on Essential Quality, who Aaron came on and said uh, could win last year and, and ran a very respectable fourth. He was very close to winning. Um, yeah, Luis Saez was on the horse that crossed first and was disqualified a couple of years ago. So he keeps having, he's a really great jockey who keeps having a lot of bad luck. So charge it to me at 20 to one if you're playing any kind of a trifecta or exacta. Um, maybe a few dollars on him to win, but definitely play him exact trifecta. And there's also a bets called place where a horse has to finish top two or show where they finish top three. This is a great horse at a really nice price that even if the top two favorites, forget first and second, if it gets third, you're going to get three, four, five times return on what you bet just for that show bet.
3: Because I'm still looking for a horse.
2: You're still looking for a horse. We're, what, we're five days away. What are you waiting for? <laughs> I know.
0: <like> I, <laughs> Ask him on well, Sunday. He's gonna. You're going to be amazed that he ends up picking the one that
2: wins. <laughs> I I think Mo Donegal's got it all, baby. <laughs> I'm so, leaving. It's not a choice I would make. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the
1: nicest way to say
2: you don't know what the hell you're talking about, Manny. <laughs> hey, let me let me tell you about uh, Mo Donegal. So some good things about him. He's another Todd Pletcher horse. Todd Pletcher has three or four in this. Year. He always has a ton of horses. By the way, if you ever own a horse and you wanted to go to the Kentucky Derby, Todd Pletcher can put a, just about any kind of a donkey with four legs into the Derby. Uh, winning, not so much, but he can definitely get to there, uh, which is exciting. So I got a
3: donkey? Is that what you're saying? <laughs>
2: You know, I think I think his aunt is like half donkey, so he gets it like partially that way. It's like a like one one fifth donkey, I think really is what he is. Um all right, so Mo, Mo Donegal, if you look at his stats, his horse has made five starts, right? He's got three wins. The other two times he was third, which is pretty good. Um his Pletcher. you if you look at his his speed figures, which is In horse racing terms, it's like our stats line, right? It's our way of associating a horse in Kentucky versus California versus Florida. Here's how I can compare the three of them. Uh, His speed figures are good and they're improving with every race, which means this horse gets better with every race, theoretically. The problem is two problems. One Horses that have left the New York circuit, so Aqueduct, Belmont, or specifically Aqueduct, um, they are fifty. They're over fifty-four in the Kentucky Derby, and only one of them or two of them have ever gotten third in the last the last fifty-four horses from New York to go. Um, there is a chance. I'm not saying there's no chance he can be 0 for
0: fifty-four. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> not great. Like, that sounds like Maple Leaf playoff run numbers
2: right there. <laughs> It's the, actually, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's the Maple Leafs first round record. Um, uh, or, or, if you want to be a little bit more relevant, the Canadians before they uh, hired Martin St. Louis. Um, easy, Don-
3: easy, <laughs> easy. Who brought this cowboy to the show? Hold on.
2: Hot lasso coming in. Uh, <laughs> the, the other problem with... Well, oh, Yeah! <laughs> Mo Donegal is also, um, he has the unfortunate position of having drawn the rail. Horses that draw off the rail, so the very innermost position, um, they have the, uh, that uh, I talked about, the horses they break in a straight line and all turn left. He's got 19 horses that want to come down. He's also, that Wood Memorial race that he won, he won just at the last second. It was a perfect ride by a jockey who's not riding him in the Kentucky Derby. And the horse that he just barely caught to beat, is skipping the Kentucky Derby because they don't think he's good enough to be in it. So all of that tells me this horse, specifically to win, Manny, specifically to win, I don't think he's got a good chance to do it. Um, If you wanted to play him in your exact trifecta, go for it. I think that that becomes a lot more wide open. Um, but, But yeah, save your money. Don't play him to win. I'm picking another horse. Don't worry about it. I'm picking another horse.
0: <laughs> so so listen, when you are are bet and you bet a ton all the time, but you always have to have some good feel, right? And uh, on one and you just hit and that's the one that you're bragging about till your till your dying day. Mm-hmm. What's one of your great bet picks that you've had in your time with racing dudes?
2: In my time, oh boy. Um Oh boy, that is a good one. You know what? I've got, this is great radio because nobody's going to see this, but um, uh, the there's a horse that was named Rushing Fall who went to the uh, World Championships in 2020. But ever since she was a two-year-old, that was when she was five. Ever since she was a two-year-old, she was a horse that I was very high on and bet a lot to win. And she ended up retiring with the second most grade one. So grade one is like the biggest race you can have, like Kentucky Derby. Second most grade one victories of a female horse or of any horse in America in the last 50 years. So yeah, that was one I was pretty proud of. I was able to spot her early on and kind of, luckily she was able to stay healthy enough to run. It's also unique when you have a horse that is, um, wins a grade one from a breeding perspective, which is where all the money is in horse racing. It's rare that they let them keep racing. So um, for her to keep running at age five and and as strong as she did was pretty exciting. So that's one that I've been uh, probably my best pick from, uh, you know, from a long-standing perspective, there's a horse in here, man, I'll help you out. If you want to find a Kentucky Derby horse, I got you. His name is Epicenter. He's been my pick since the beginning of the year. This is a horse that uh, is coming from a trainer named Steve Asmussen, who has won more races than anyone in North American history. And the guy's still going really strong. He's got a jockey in Joel Rosario, who is the best pound pound for pound jockey in America. Dirt turf doesn't matter what he's doing. Um, this horse has what we, ca- he's what we call push button. What that means is it, you can treat him like a race car. Animals, you know, if you, if you have dogs or cats, or uh, they, they're hard to control, right? They're like kids, but they never really listen to you. A little easier on the wallet maybe, but uh, Epicenter is like a race car in the sense that when the jockey says go, he goes. And when he says wait, he waits on him. And it's a rare trait. And it's a trait that only the really best horses in, in the world can have. And what that means is when Epicenter breaks from the gate, The jockey is trying to figure out, where do I put you? I got 20 horses around here. Where am I going to put you? When he figures out where to go or where he needs to be, he can steer the horse. He can press the gas pedal, so to speak, or pull back on him on the brakes and put him where he needs to be. So many of these horses are so dependent on if I don't break exactly the right way, if I don't sit exactly where I need to be, I'm just going to not win. And I'm going to have a bad time. It's going to be a bad day. Epicenter is that rare individual who can do all of that. He's another one whose speed figures Manny have been improving with every single one of his starts. But he also showed last time out in a race called Louisiana Derby that he doesn't have to be on the lead. I remember when Aaron was on last year, he talked about there's horses that a lot of times they have one specific way in which they can win. Some of them, they have to be alone on the lead, and they just somebody just let them go out and have fun, and they run away. Some horses are like Mo is they're a little slower out of the gate early, but then as the races get longer, They're coming because they just, they never stop. They're like a freight train. Epicenter is that rare type that can be whatever you want him to be. If he needs to lead, he can do it and he can win. He showed in Louisiana Derby where he purposely let other horses go ahead of him and sat off of them. And he'd never done that in his career. And he won and got the biggest speed figure of his career doing it. So I've been on Epicenter, like I said, since January uh, this is a horse that he's 7-2 on the morning line. I think that's probably about what you're going to get him. So it's a lower price. It's not a sexy price. But what is sexy is having a winning ticket in your hand, Manny. That's why you should play Epicenter.
3: I'm sold. Boom. It's done. Epicenter. Bring it magic. Epicenter is going to win this, baby. <laughs> Woo! You know it. <laughs> Listen. Don't don't take our word for it. I'm just cruising racingdudes.com right now for some of the content on the website. It's incredible. <laughs> the director of content, Curtis Kelloward, is our guest. He's also the vice president of the Kalamazoo Tourism Board. So <laughs> with on that note, we got to ask him about the Red Wings because he's a huge Red Wings fan. And that's why he's the vice president of the Kalamazoo Tourism Board. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, hold on. You and Matt are probably going to say the same thing. What's what is your take on the Jeff Blaschel era in Detroit?
2: Well, we do have the same take because we've emailed about it. And we've already (laughs) talked about it there, didn't we?
0: Curtis (laughs) Curtis sends me an email of uh, me and a buddy of mine. I wonder how long it's going to he's going to last for. I think it's going to be quick. Someone, whoever else was nine to 10 days or so. And in Mm -hmm. that email chain that we send back and forth, he gets fired right in the middle of it. It was it was within the hour. I get I get two messages back to back from, from Curtis. One of them is kind of explaining like what he's looking for in the next coach, and then the next one shows up right away. Well, that was fast.
2: <laughs> oh, well, he's gone. <laughs> It's, you know, little, little uh, eggs, little coffee, little Blasho getting fired on your Saturday morning. That's how my day
1: went.
3: <laughs> Sounded like a banner day. That's a banner weekend. He had a one-year-old birthday party and Blasho lost his job. Can't get any better than that. Bring on the derby.
0: You betcha. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. That's what's great for magic too, eh? Like all this happens and it's like 8 a.m. out there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, still, I'm still waking up and everybody's been wide awake. Dead. Yeah. Uh, with Blasho... I, you know, I, I would love what the work that he'd done in his time. It, it's never easy. Um, I was born in you the know, late 80s. So the Red Wings were just becoming, you know, they were on the rise and then my, the, formative years they were the dynasty and so seeing i've never been around really when the Red Wings were bad and so having to understand and accept that was really tough took me a few years um i felt like a really spoiled brad i was like "Geez, just get over it. it's just a damn hockey team but uh <laughs> i was able to uh, yeah you finally accept what's happening and blashley i thought did a good job bringing everybody around but it's you know, it's time i think when you see the looks of the players when he's Blashell's trying to motivate them when they're down 11 to to pittsburgh or 10-2 to the coyotes for god knows why you just see the players looking like the last place they want to be is on the ice okay coach you can't fire the whole team coach has got to be the first one to go
1: we know this is a busy week, obviously with the Derby coming up. But have you had a chance to um, look at the Stanley Cup and figure out uh, who you're picking to win the cup this year?
2: Well, so uh, my co-host on a, a show I do, the Magic Mike Show, uh, he is a St. Louis Blues fan, as is Aaron Halterman, who you uh, had on. So uh, I don't have, since the Red Wings were out, I don't have a horse in the race. I uh, root for the Blues. It was fun when they went on that run a couple of years ago. Uh, I got to be, you know, on the bandwagon at the tail end and just kind of see, you know, celebrate their win. Because again, being a Red Wings fan, winning the Cup, it's like you'd start to expect it after a while. Excuse me, the, the Blues fans, they're like, what is this? This is fantastic. It's amazing. So kind of being with them through that ride w- was a lot of fun. Um, I did place a future bet. I got the Pittsburgh Penguins at 20-1 to 1, uh, a few months ago. Um, I'm going to ride with the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, because of my betting, but I will say, I mean, it, it, it seems like it runs through Florida. It, it's going to be so hard to, for Pittsburgh to get past Shesterkin in New York, and that's a tough spot, and then you're going to have to go face a Florida team and maybe another Florida, like it's just, I, it's, it's too tough of a road for them. So I think either Tampa or Florida goes. I'm going to lean with Florida uh, just because I'm sick of Tampa winning. <laughs> like, okay, great. You guys did it two in a row. Also, again, spoiled brat. Red Wings didn't win it three in a row. You don't get to do it three in a row. Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 you can't top us. Nope, not allowed. Magic, this was awesome, man. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Yeah, this was great. I'm uh, I i was uh, I'm not used to being on... Um, first of all, I'm not used to not hosting. We, we have a daily show at theracingdudes.com. We had a whole week leading up to the Kentucky Derby of, of, of content where I was hosting, but there's just a lot of uh, videos that we're producing, and we'll continue to produce. If you're still into horse racing, past the Kentucky Derby. The Preakness is in two weeks. That's the second leg of the Triple Crown, and we're going to be doing this for all of the races, so uh, head on over there and check us out, but like I said, I do a lot of hosting, so being on this end is different and I'm also even though we're recording this over camera uh, I'm not on screen so at the last second I was like shoot I gotta get ready for these guys and I was gonna do my whole Ava Max makeup routine and get ready for you guys Uh, but then I realized it was just gonna fall on you know blind eyes so you guys guys would just be very confused as to why man this guy just looks so good.
3: The Ava Max (laughs) reference drops before I hear anything about Def Leppard from you. Come on!
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I I didn't want to send you into hysteria too early, okay.
0: <laughs> Our thanks again to Curtis Kelleward, Magic Curtis for joining us on the podcast. What a great guy. That was a lot of fun getting to talk the Derby, the NHL. He's taking the Blues in the playoffs when the uh, as a, as his team. He likes the Penguins. Like how great is it to get to combine horse racing, hockey and sort of making fun of Manny in the same conversation <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's idea uh, it's okay he's part of the group now i like it he is. he's in the circle he is in the circle and i'm picking epicenter he's if he likes him i like epicenter for the kentucky okay.
0: derby okay I, I love it i'm still not sure what what which one i'm going with i'm still not sure i got to i got to crunch a little bit more but Uh, When you're looking for information on the Derby or any race, you're out racing uh, and watching some with your buddies at any track you're going to find, remember, check out RacingDudes.com for their content. As Curtis mentioned, they're getting into the YouTube thing. Pretty soon, they're not going to return our calls. But they've got all the Derby information, any of the big races of the calendar. You can find all about horse racing. It's the only place that I go to try to find out what's happening, RacingDudes.com. It is a great website. You're gonna go with Messier like Rashad, aren't you? Are you leaning towards Messier or what? I feel like I am. Uh, I I just, I, then the thing I like about this field is it doesn't have a clear cut winner. There's at least five or six horses that you can say, well, they, you know, they could win if this and this and this happens, where before there's been uh, even in the last couple of years, there have been one or two horses that Baffert has drugged up that are the favorites, and it doesn't make for an entertaining race. But today uh, or tomorrow, I think this this one's going to be a good one. Rashad, are you really going with
3: Messier? You're going to go with the odds-on favorite Zandon?
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Messier. I might uh, have a couple of bets, but um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try Messier as much as it hurts to do so. Okay, Rashad. Let's put another case of beer on the line.
3: Another case.
0: Another (laughs) case. Rashad's got uh, the Mighty Ducks and a reindeer in these (laughs) beds. (laughs) This is good.
3: (laughs) We want to thank our sponsors again on this episode. As always, London Awnings, Quality That Shows, and Shane Topalovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor specializing in sports training and nutrition.
0: Yeah, and remember to follow us on social media for more great content for future considerations on Facebook, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. We'll try to get some footage of Manny watching the Derby uh, but uh, the phones the uh, no, maybe no phones after 5 o'clock so uh, there might be a cap on that I think there might be a cap on
3: phones leave your phone at the door no phones put it in the bag
1: <laughs> well that does it for this show this was a good one I enjoyed this um, we'll have lots of conversation about the NHL playoffs and the OHL playoffs on our next show that's all coming up next week but for now thanks for listening to 4 Future Considerations that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked their mentality's awful
3: their attitude's awful it's been their mo for the last three years tonight i saw and heard one of the most disgusting
1: rudest sick demonstrations in my entire career probably the worst it's garbage and the editor that let it come out is garbage you're still here It's over. Go home.